Hi, I'm Alex Bellinger, and this is Small Biz Pod on Monday, the 30th of April. Coming up in today's show, I get an inside view of investing in businesses from the founder and or co-founder and director of Stargate Capital, a London venture capital firm. Um, I talked to Geeta Patel there, who has specialised in developing a fund aimed specifically at female entrepreneurs. So, not only an insight into, into venture capital and how it works, what a VC is looking for, but also an interesting discussion with Geeta about the state of play in terms of women's access to capital to start and run high-growth businesses. Definitely well worth listening to, as are the comments and feedback that I've had over the last week or so. Uh, Some great feedback for Kelvin Jones after his last Diary of a Wantrepreneur piece, so thanks everyone for that, and I'll come to that after the interview uh, with Gita Patel at Stargate Capital. So, first of all, I thought I would play a couple of audio comments. Always love audio comments, and the first is from John Yates, who runs what I I think he hopes to turn into a kind of innocent drinks of the water world. Hi, Alex. It's Jonathan Yates here. Just wanted to let you know how much I enjoy your show, Um, particularly thinking back to the Mavericks at Work book by William and Polly. Um, I have to say that when I started up O2Go, to help people drink more water, uh, one of the first things I did was completely get my feet wet, if you like, in, in disrupting the bottled water industry. We try to get people to refill bottles of water uh, rather than buy expensive branded waters. And um, I just particularly resonated well with what they had to say about being disruptive to make a noise uh, and the smaller person can be smarter as long as they have the help from sur- uh, of surrounding themselves with people who... Um, who are smarter than they are. So I just thought I'd drop you a line to say I'm really enjoying it and I love the interviews. And keep it up, I shall be listening. Cheers now. Well, thanks uh, very much for that, John. I think you've got an intriguing business there um, and perhaps in a few months' time we'll we'll get Jonathan on the show and uh, see how O2Go is coming along. Uh, it's a, an interesting startup, but thanks very much for the audio feedback. As everybody knows, uh, it's a podcaster's dream to get a listener who sends or goes to the trouble to send in an audio comment like Jonathan does or has done. And uh, it's relatively easy. You don't have to know how to record into your computer. Why not just phone us up um, and on the numbers which are on the Small Biz Pod site, if you go to the contact page, www.smallbizpod.co.uk, and leave a message on the answer machine and then I can just simply record that into the show. So anyone else who's brave enough to put voice to mm, digital audio recording, uh, please feel free. Talking of digital audio recording, I had a uh, another audio comment and a nice email from Guy Kingston who runs the really rather good Mind Your Own Business podcast. Uh, I actually, a guy very kindly invited me on to talk about PR onto onto that podcast uh, probably a year ago now. Uh, but anyway, here is something which I think uh, listeners of Small Biz Pod may be interested in. Uh, guy is planning a video podcast and I'll let him tell you more about it. Hello, Alex. This is Guy Kingston from the Mind Your Own Business podcast. 
Alex, I'm shortly going to start filming a series of video podcasts and I'm looking for business owners to feature in the shows. Each one will involve me visiting a different business, discussing any challenges it faces and, if appropriate, offering some suggestions. Now, if any of your listeners are interested in getting free expert advice and free global publicity for their business, then all they need do is go to www.myobvideo.com. That's www.myobvideo.com, myobvideo.com, and complete a short and simple form. That's all there is to it, really. Many thanks, Alex, and best wishes. Bye for now. Well, Guy is no armchair entrepreneur, um, and indeed he's also a kind of business angel too. So he's got some money to spend. He, amongst a, a glittering career, really, I think, as an entrepreneur, he set up, he, he braved the the early 90s in uh, Russia and set up, I think, a postal business, if memory serves me right, uh, one of the first in Moscow, one of the first sort of private ones anyway. Uh, so a, a brave and interesting entrepreneur and somebody who I'm sure could give many businesses a lot of useful advice. And as he says, uh, do get in touch if you're potentially interested in appearing in one of his video podcasts. Now, uh, just before we move on, um, there have been some cracking articles on the, the, the Small Biz Pod blog. If you just go to smallbizpod.co.uk forward slash blog uh, from on technology, franchising and marketing, uh, Sarah Scott, David Tebbett and uh, um, uh, Guy Clapperton, sorry Guy, uh, Guy Clapperton are, are all doing a, a great job of writing some uh, fascinating articles as well as pointing you to some useful resources on those subjects and uh, i'm contributing as well a little bit so do go and check that blog out also the uh the ning site the the, the small biz pod networking site there's now has nearly i think 61 as of today uh, members on it uh, and the forums are beginning to uh, go backwards and forwards and people are contributing um, and the latest person to sign up if I believe it to be the case is Ling Valentine who some of you may have seen on Small Biz not on Small Biz Pod on Dragon's Den on BBC2 uh, quite a character so hopefully she'll start contributing to the forums and uh, participating on the site too so do go check that out smallbizpodnet.ning.com right without further ado let's talk venture capital and female entrepreneurship with Geeta Patel, who has set up the Trapezia Fund for female entrepreneurs and who is the co-founder of Stargate Capital. Okay, um, I am today sitting in the offices of um, Stargate Capital, which is a, um, a venture capital business. Um, and I'm here with the founder and or co-founder and director of Stargate, um, Geeta Patel. Geeta, uh, welcome to Small Biz Pod. Thank you very much. Geeta has um, established possibly, I think, the first fund dedicated to female entrepreneurs, early stage entrepreneurs in the UK, um, known as the Trapezia Fund. Uh, and I thought it would be a great opportunity to not only pick her brains about the current state of play in terms of uh, female entrepreneurship in the UK, but also the, the thorny issue of uh, funding both for 
women in business, but but more broadly the the VC community in the UK too. So, um, Gita, perhaps you'd like to just just start off by by explaining how you ended up here. Why uh, why setting up why setting up this fund? Uh, what inspired you to do it? Uh, what, what is your own story about how you got to Stargate Capital? Let me start off by um, telling you a little bit about my background. Um, I'm a chartered accountant. I qualified with Arthur Andersons. I then moved into the oil industry and after that joined the NatWest Group and was a senior banker there for many years. Um, I then um, started investing as a business angel in small companies, early stage companies. And I was always fascinated when I was doing the analysis for these companies and I couldn't understand why some companies um, were either disadvantaged or behaved in a way that I wouldn't expect them to behave if they had access to all the resources that were available. And that was where my passion actually started for the early stage sector. Um, I then got together with a number of people and we co-founded Stargate Capital. And within that, what I wanted to do was three things. One, um, look for the next emerging trend where one could find excellent business, uh, sorry, investment um, opportunities mm -hmm. uh, where people had the ability to um, earn superior returns. Secondly, if one could identify whatever this emerging segment was, how would you get in at a reasonable price so you weren't actually paying, um, you know, you weren't after the same deal that everybody else was off. Mm. Uh, therefore, you could get in at, at a reasonable price. And once you'd got the business opportunity and you'd actually got in at the right price, what would you do to, what sort of strategies would you have to mitigate failure? Mm. Because clearly this sector is not attractive because the failure rates are so high. And when I look at entrepreneurs, it's very interesting because what you tend to find is that they put in their sweat, they put in their, all the money they can lay their hands on, all the time they've got, their ideas, know-how, everything. What I find somewhat uh, different about the women is that you also see them investing their soul and they invest their sacrifice in there. And believe me, they don't do it to fail. So mm. I was just fascinated by what actually goes wrong that they don't come out the other side. Is it the support? In, is it the lack of support in the UK? What is it? You know, after all, I wouldn't send my my kid to a school where the failure rate was so high. So why do we even start to accept such high failure rates? Mm. Mm. And that that was um, that was something I started off with. Um, anyway, um, through all this exercise, I actually stumbled upon the women's market. I did a lot of work looking at international trends, emerging trends in other countries. I looked at the US, I looked at Canada, looked at South Africa, looked at what was going on in the Middle East, etc., etc. And what was very clear to me that was that the current state of play was such that women's businesses were disadvantaged because they seemed to be operating in the periphery as opposed to the mainstream. Mm -hmm. In other words, access to capital, access to business networks, access to markets was more challenging for, for them. I know it is for all entrepreneurs, but it was even more challenging for the women. And um, I mean, uh, as some listeners uh, already know, uh, I, for my sins, come from a banking background like, like you, although that's not quite as bad as oil and banking. That's an unholy alliance of uh, previous employers. But um, um, uh, and the, 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 
amongst many female entrepreneurs, they feel, or, or female business women, business people, they feel that uh, the traditional uh, bank manager, small business bank manager, commercial bank manager um, in your average branch or, or, or regional office um, is a sort of balding, middle-aged man who uh, fails to appreciate that um, women uh, are uh, probably more capable or certainly as capable as, as any uh, male entrepreneur who happens to walk through the door at run it, starting and running a successful business. Um, sexism exists, doesn't it, in banking? Is that is that a diminishing? Is this why one of the reasons why your you found your your fund was was necessary? I think what you find is that banks that are smart and are looking for where the future growth is going to come from um, should be attracted to the female sector because these women um, they tend to either influence control. Um, or are involved in anything from 60 to 80% of the purchasing decisions. Mm. So they're the foot soldiers on the ground that can identify the gaps, identify market niches, know what works, what doesn't, what's missing. And what's very interesting is that this, this emerging segment is also very concerned not just about the products and services, but how they're actually delivered to them. Mm. Um, so I think smart banks are starting to look at this. I mean, I certainly get a lot of requests from um, various financial institutions now to share some of the research, um, yeah. th some of my own research. No, I mean, it's, it's, qu it's quite interesting, I think, from, from your perspective. I mean, as you were outlining why you got into this in the first instance, your, perhaps not your prime, but your, certainly your equal motive for getting into it is you see a, a, a possible... A, a, Good business opportunity here for you as a as an in, uh, you know as an investor. Um, it's a it's a good um, market. It's a good potential niche to make some money. You're not in this because um, you're 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 altruistic. You're not in it necessarily. You're not necessarily in it because uh, you want to, to to give female entrepreneurs a leg up. You're in, into this because you see a genuine business opportunity, not only for yourself but for the the the, the, the female entrepreneurs who are who are starting up. Is that is that right? Is that right? Listen, let's get one thing clear. Educated, smart women of today want to make shed loads of money. And the reason they want to make that money is because it, it empowers them to make choices. They can run a slum in Delhi or they can go and spend it on the next best car. Mm. So just like women want equal pay in the corporate environment, they don't set up, you know, if they want to run a business as for charity, that's fine, they choose to do so. But now what you, what you actually contended with is women that actually want to make lots of money. And it's the business case. I'm in this because I also want to make a lot of money, as do my colleagues. We've identified a market opportunity, a market niche, purely because these high growth businesses currently only get something like two and a half percent of venture capital. And you know, the numbers speak for themselves. It is one of the fastest growing segments there is. Um, what you're tending to find now is that um, a lot of women that have been through uh, their corporate careers are actually now saying they've made mm -hmm. loads of money for other people. You know what? They want to do it for themselves yeah. now. Yeah. And so, again, it is about choices. And if you look at trends elsewhere um, in the world, you find that the UK does lag behind. And what we've got to do is to actually have some sort of a vision and an empowering environment to make this feasible.
Now, to a certain extent, you personally have had to sell that vision to uh, the the banks and financial institutions that have uh, funded uh, the Trapezia Fund itself. How, other than your, your your clear charm, how did you uh, how did you manage to achieve that? Well, I've had high points, low points, <laughs> and no points in time to get there. Um, two negative comments that stick to mind. Um, one was made by someone who was reasonably influential in the early state sector who came to our office and said he'd love to be a fly on the wall to see Gita sell this fund. Um, someone else made a comment that said, what's this nonsense about a women's fund? It'll be a children's fund next. And, and to be honest with you, if those are the two, only two negative comments I've had in the last 18 months, well, we've had a lot of PR, so I mm. think we're doing all right. Mm. Um, basically, look, at the end of the day, it's like any business. It's the business case. You know, I come from uh, a financial environment, mm. uh, financial backing, understand business. So to that extent, you know, you're not going to have someone say something to me I don't understand, whereas my entrepreneurs may not understand what's going on. So yeah. in a way, it's actually quite interesting also forming the bridge. Now, one thing to make very clear is the fact that what I'm running is a commercial fund and the byproduct of it is social meaning. What's interesting about the women's businesses is, is generally they tend to have values and ethics high on their agenda. Mm. Um, the way they would conduct their businesses, um, they'd, they'd make sure that, you know, uh, they had, um, you know, a compelling need in the market, uh, a compelling solution for that marketplace. Um, they'd put together very strong management teams and actually women are very good at doing that. What's also interesting is that when they come and they talk um, about their businesses, uh, they'll be very honest about where the weaknesses are in their mm. plans or in their teams or where they want help, whereas normally you tend to find, um, you know, it, it it gets quite macho and a certain amount of bravado something on. like that yeah or bullshit if you might want to call it that <laughs> well I, I leave you to choose yeah, that I'll, I can get away with saying that um, but what's also interesting is um, that one of the things I find is that the city job financial language um, is not really that great because a lot of women don't tend to understand it you know somebody might sit there and say talk about a wretched scheme and I'm sort of sitting there thinking in my head that woman probably thinks that's something in her husband's garage. <laughs> mm. Or someone might sit there and talk about a tag-along and a drag-along clause. And I'm thinking, well, she's probably thinking that's something the dog brought in last Saturday. <laughs> you know, you've got to be able to talk in language that people understand. Mm. Mm. Now, um, with your, with your uh, sharp, uh, the sharp eyes of, a, of a, an astute venture capitalist, what is it that you look for? Uh, let's ignore the fact for the moment that, that the sector are, happens to be female and happens to be what you perceive to be a growth sector that's going to be financially re rewarding all round. Let's put, put the gender and the sector aside for a moment. What is it you actually look for in a business? Is, is there a pain in the market? Is there a compelling need for something in the market? In other words, is there a gap in the market um, and has the company got the solution for it? Is, is the product or service, is it scalable? Is it rep replicable? Mm. Um, you know, does it have the potential to be very successful? Is there a strong management team? Is a business, is a business model solid, plan viable? And is there an exit route to return money back to the shareholders, say, in, in five years' time? That's what I look for. But what I also look for 
is I would not invest money in any company where I could not see passion, drive and tenacity to succeed. Mm. That is as huge as as the business itself. Um, and so, you know, when, when, I, when entrepreneurs come in there, in here, and people often say to me, well, what is it um, that, that makes you feel comfortable uh, with a company? Well, it's usually I sit there and I listen to what they have to say. And if I feel pea green with envy, wish I could swap places with them. <laughs> and I'm wishing it was my idea because I could see potential of making shed loads of money. Yeah. Boy, I know I need to look at it more. Well, that's a, that's a very good, a very good sort of instinctive um, feeling. I mean, I've heard from venture capitalists before that it's a bit like dating. It is you very often know uh, within the sort of first five or ten minutes of meeting, um, and then really the numbers are, are just the the diligence, due diligence. Mm. But also, you see, one of the other things is that um, I think one of the reasons why failure rates are high is because of the sort of models that are being operated here. Um, I think they could do with a lot of improvement. My model is based on providing financial capital, which is um, providing equity, and then we do a deal with the bank to provide debt, because you know brokering the two together is far better from the entrepreneur's perspective. And then what we do is we talk about intellectual capital. Intellectual cap capital is mentoring, nurturing, guiding, monitoring, mm. and that's that's an essential part of package. And then I add on to it um, how people like you have done business most of your life. It's who you know that matters. So mm. I add on to it influential capital. Mm. And there what you try and do is use your networks to connect these companies. What you do is you open doors for them. You help introduce sales contracts. You help introduce people that could be helpful to them. In, in other words, you sort of create a hub of value for them. And in doing all that, what you're actually doing is making sure that the early stage company, the little guy, is not too disadvantaged by virtue of being little and he can leverage some of the advantages mm. of the big guys. Yeah. My commercial fund, the byproduct, will be social meaning also. Okay, no, that's, that's, that's good. It still remains hugely risky business. Um, you're never going to back 100% winners. How many of your businesses will not yield you a handsome profit? I'd be very disappointed if one or two fail. That's uh, hugely ambitious. You'll be, uh, you'll be very oversubscribed with uh, potential funders if you get, uh, if you get a 99% <laughs> success rate. Well, the businesses that we're looking at, um, from where I'm sat, they're good businesses. Okay, and um, just to, just to give uh, listeners a taste of the the types of sectors that that you've that, that the fund has already invested in, what what kind of areas are those those entrepreneurs covering? Well, let me say that I see deal flow from all sectors. Um, this this thing about you know women only running lifestyle businesses and all that. I mean, I'm not operating in that sector. I'm operating at the high high end, high growth businesses, um, and you know my my businesses are from technology through to travel, through to internet businesses. Okay. Uh, and you know, if you want to see the sort of businesses there are, my website is www.trapeziacapital.co.uk. You can get a good good feel for the businesses that we're, in, that we're investing in, but not just that. I think you need a lot of transparency in the sector. So at the website, you can see the businesses we're investing in and you'll be linked straight into their site and, and be able to follow their news.
Yeah, I mean, and uh, I mean, I think the, the the evolution of those businesses, and indeed the evolution of your fund, will be fascinating to watch over time, because it'll be um, a real indicator of whether the sector is as you anticipate and as you hope. Well, I have to say to you, um, it's a five-year fund, but you know the deal flow is so good at the moment that I want to seriously think about starting to raise the next big fund, so that we can meet the demand in the marketplace. Okay, Geeta Patel, thank you very much for your time today. Thank you very much. Well, I think Geeta's fund is uh, fascinating and her insights into what uh, she finds attractive about uh, businesses and, and, and investing in businesses is a very useful insight there. And uh, I wish her luck. Uh, and I wish all those businesses who sign up to the Trapezia Fund um, uh, good luck too. And I, I'm sure with uh, Geeta's help, support, both both financially in terms of uh, the money from the fund, but also the the broader support that she talks about uh, in terms of her her knowledge and contacts. Uh, I'm sure those businesses will do well. Be very interesting to to follow up uh, over the course of the next twelve to eighteen months to see where uh, some of those businesses have got have got to. Um, if you want to go and check out uh, the funds site and 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 the Trapezia Fund then you should go to www.trapeziacapital.co.uk. So that's trapeziacapital.co.uk. And I think uh, that she, Gita is still uh, investing. I think there's still some of the fund available uh, and uh, up for grabs. So if you've got a good business idea, you're a female entrepreneur in the making, uh, get in touch. Okay, now on to some comments, and I'm really pleased to have had an email a little while back, actually, now from Michael Smith. You'll remember he was the guy who wanted some advice on uh, food franchises because he wanted to set up a sort of sandwich business, and in fact, he's decided to set one up uh, on his own. It's a, a business called Fresh and Tasty. Uh, it's just down the road from me in Kent, so very, very good luck with that, Michael. Um, I'll be popping in to buy a cup of tea and a, and a biscuit or a sandwich at some point over the future, in the future, I'm, I'm sure uh, you're not far away from me. So my travels, uh, I'm sure we'll bump into each other. So uh, good to hear that he's launched. Um, he's also uh, signed up to the Small Biz Pod networking site. So uh, you can talk to him about, you know, how he's how he's doing. Now, I also had uh, thanks. Well, an email just drawing my attention to the fact that Small Biz Pod appeared in New Woman magazine, uh, kind of appropriate as since we're talking about female entrepreneurship uh, to a large extent in this show. Um, so thanks to Christine Abrahams for drawing my attention to that. Um, and then uh, let's have a look down the old list of comments here. Yes, uh, Nick Jones uh, says he has some advice for Kelvin Jones about business plans. He says, my own opinion suggestion is the first question is the first question he should ask is who is the audience for his plan and use that as a starting point. Um, Stephen G. Stephen Burrell offered these suggestions during a Stanford Technology Ventures program podcast, which Kelvin might like to think about. Uh, and the questions are, how does Kelvin plan on dominating the marketplace to succeed? How does Kelvin plan on preventing others from being in his business and recognize that the tactics of success are far more important than the strategy? Which is interesting insight to think about, and particularly in relation to, to, to a small business plan and how extensive it needs to be. Talking of which... 
I had um, an email from Brett Hollis, who I didn't mention. He signed himself up to the Frapper Map. Where he's got a stunning pair of sunglasses, and I failed to mention the, him previously, so apologies for that, Brett. But Brett actually comes up with a very interesting uh, idea drawn from an article that he read about how to do a kind of three-month business plans for, for, for businesses, basically that consists of a list of bullet points about where the business wants to be and the like um, over the next three months. And uh, he draws our attention to the fact that it's, it's you know, small businesses just don't really need to start talking about three- and five-year plans, or, although they might do if they want to draw or, or, or find funding or indeed go to venture capitalists uh, but it's the immediate future that is a very often sort of missed so brett himself is finding that he is revising at six his plans at six week intervals and, and he's finding it very useful um it sort of enables greater to retain greater control mentally he says and steer and have a more realistic direction especially when staff money and resources are limited. So I, I really like that idea, and we'll, we'll develop um, some of that and look into to, to, to the business planning um, in a little bit more detail, I think, either on the blog or in a future podcast. Now, I also had uh, an email from Rowena Mead, who is a copywriter and is well, developing a rather extraordinary new toothbrush. I won't say any more about it than that, but she's a, an inventor and potential entrepreneur, has patented her idea, or is, has attempted to patent her idea. I think it's going through the patent process. And uh, I think we'll be hearing more from her again, uh, possibly on the blog and potentially as a, an interviewee. So good luck, Rowena, in the future with that. We keep, I'll be keeping a close eye on how the old toothbrush comes along. And then feedback from Neil Infield, who is manager of the British Library's Business and IP Centre, who says, I enjoyed listening to this week's podcast, but was sad to hear that Kelvin Jones was finding it so hard to track down market research. As you know, we have over 7,000 reports on our shelves and have just added eMarketer, which provides international market research and trend analysis on internet, e-business, online marketing, media and emerging technologies. Uh, and I'll put a link in the show notes to that. He just uh, Neil says he just wanted to pass this information on to Kelvin, but couldn't find his contact details. That's because we didn't give Kelvin's contact details, but they're through me, and I've passed that on. And I met with Neil, actually, at the um, British Library not so long ago, and it is a phenomenal resource, and certainly one that I'm going to be using. And if you are in London or not far from London, we are passing through anyone who is thinking about starting our business. I think it's well worth visiting their um, business and IP center. And uh, again, we'll link in the show notes for that. But uh, yeah, it's very, very useful indeed. And then, and then, and then, what else have we got here? Ah, yeah, um, you'll remember, if for, for a long time, listeners, you'll remember I did an interview with David Heiner, now, I had uh, an email from Carl Barton. Carl Barton, the roving Small Biz Pod reporter, who I'm sure will be filing some, some, a report in the not-too-distant future, who, said, uh, who says that um, David has um, a new... Uh, well, I'll read it, I'll read it out to you. Uh, it's called the Goal Setting Masterclass. Um, it'll be in Birmingham on Saturday the 2nd of June. Uh, it will be... Uh, videoed so uh, f and and available as a kind of a, on the net i think eventually 
um, and it basically looks at how top achievers set and achieve goals. David's a very good coach. Uh, it's, I'm sure, well worth going to. And I will put um, a lot more details. Well, I'll put a link anyway to, to more details in the show notes. So it's uh, Saturday the 2nd of June in Birmingham. So if you're in the Birmingham area, uh, you want to be able to set big personal or professional go- goals and know how others achieve those types of goals, then uh, David Heiner's masterclass may well be the thing for you. So uh, that is just about it in terms of comments. And then in terms of online, what did we have? We had a couple more people. Well, Rowena uh, Mead, who uh, I've already mentioned, signed up to the Frapper Map. So thanks for doing that, Rowena. And Jeff Beatty, the latest from St. Helens, who is a dad, photographer and author and says great podcast and website. Alex, keep it up. So thanks very much, you guys, for signing up to that. And I think uh, other than uh, the new additions on the uh, Small Biz Pod networking site, I've mentioned Ling and there's a, a lot of others too. I think that's just about it for this week. So, ah, oh, there we are. There's a lot to, lot to fit in. I'm, uh, I really do appreciate comments. Um, as you know, if you want to send an email, if you've got a question, if something thought-provoking occurs to you about uh, one of the interviews in the show just write to me at alex at smallbizpod.co.uk or you can leave a message in the small biz pod blog uh, you can comment or, or leave me an audio message as i've mentioned just telephone and uh, leave a message on the voicemail now after all that uh, rapid fire comments um, and responses i thought we'd slow things down considerably in this week's music choice and i have chosen a beautiful track called yellow sand back uh, from an artist called sabby on the monotonic label Uh, thanks very much to to monotonic for letting me play this track (laughs) 